gonna be weird yes hi i'm amy and i'm chris and, and we're, we're sonosphere you're listening to wyxr 91.7 on your fm dial at what point does man become an animal and just sort of give in to the animal instincts and then at what point do we rise above and be the creatures that create art and poetry and you know philosophy and try to, you know, elevate ourselves to live lives of purpose and meaning and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to Sonosphere right here on WYXR 91.7 or on the web at WYXR.org. Thanks for tuning in. We're here every Monday from 4 to 5 p.m. and we're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Chris. Last week, I had the pleasure of talking with pianist Angelica Olstead. Angelica just released her EP, Transmute. Angelica is based in New York City and creates immersive storytelling experiences combining deconstructed classical music with electronic elements, field recordings, and film. Listen to our conversation that we had now with Angelica. She talks about Transmute and her compositional approach in her works. My name is Angelica Olstead. I'm a pianist based here in Brooklyn, and I just released a four-song EP called Transmute. All of the pieces are sourced from classical piano repertoire, specifically Impressionist music, circa turn of the century, and it is focused on the pandemic, specifically living through the four different phases in New York City. So the album was written in the months of March to August of 2020. Not everyone loves classical music. So this is for me an homage to the pieces. I really love impressionist music. I don't know why. I think good is good in any genre. And I think everyone, it's like a spirit animal. You know, some people really love reggae. Some people hate reggae. Some people love jazz. Some people hate jazz. So for me, I really love Impressionist piano music. It's an interesting question. So I think really the technique and the approach to the music is actually based off of um, a methodology that I've been working on for some time now, actually. I really like symmetry, but also something that might be worth noting is that this technique that I've worked on is actually my response to not learning how to improvise as a classically trained musician. I started off traditional. I was four when I started lessons. I did very well very quickly, so I was competing like age seven. I was also in the Colorado Children's Chorale, which is like the big chorale for, you know, the children's choir that's very competitive. And, you know, I was kind of fast-tracked into sort of competitive, serious music activities from an early age. Piano actually has, it's, I have a very difficult relationship with it, but it's like a love-hate relationship because the competitions burn me out. 
I was, you know, traveling, it was kind of becoming a big burden on my family, you know, financially and time-wise going to different states and doing the competitions. And I, I really didn't enjoy it actually. Uh, and so I decided to quit and the conditions of me quitting was that I still had to continue music in some way because all of my teachers said like, don't let this girl quit music. Like she, she has to continue. Like if she's going to quit piano, don't, don't, don't let her just leave music. So from middle school and, and high school, I was in choir and theater and I just did, I, I loved everything. discovered applying this technique in a Beethoven sonata and I think it was just between two chords that I was in a practice room late at night and thought it sounded really modern and then from there I really started exploring what it is to deconstruct classical pieces so what I found over the years is that um, the open tonalities of impressionist music actually just lends itself in a much nicer way Otherwise, I have found that applying this technique, maybe it works for a couple of chord progressions, but for the most part, um, there's overlap in the Impressionist music with jazz and that open tonality and extensions of chords that lends itself to a more minimalist, modern interpretation of the music. So, and personally, I also love Impressionist music. I think everyone is sort of drawn to their genres and I just really, really have a strong love for Impressionist music. So, yeah. There was a time when things just got really quiet, but there was still noise and it was, it was very eerie and I wanted to capture that. So all of the field recordings are from my apartment and the way that I see the field recordings and their, their role in the transmute is actually as an instrument. So it's sort of a play on chamber music. So it's, it's very specifically designed. It's, it, it's, it's a bit random because, you know, I haven't altered the order of the sounds. So you still get a little bit of chance, but things come in and out with certain parts of the music. It, it is very constructed in that way, but it's also a bit random similar to living in the city where you can't always control if you're in a call and you know a, a cop siren goes off <laughs> or a police siren um there's nothing you can do about it it's just the, the fabric of everyday life so i think that was for me it's just an extension of that of, of that idea and that practice but also i really wanted to find a way to capture like you say um what it was like here during that time and it was weird it was very it was different and it was still the city, but it was a different type of energy. You could really feel that millions of people were just inside their apartment. Yeah, it was a strange time. <laughs> Thank you.
this isn't the first time I've done field recordings in production. For me, it's sort of, a, I think it's a, a meditation on living in New York City in the day to day. And I remember when the, the first time I thought about this concept, I was playing a Chopin nocturne in my apartment and there was this really loud fire alarm that went by and it was really jarring. And then I realized it actually didn't affect me too much. And then I was thinking about the timelessness of, of music, specifically classical music and how, it, you know, you sort of know the importance of music if it can last the test of time, if it enters the canon, right? And I was just thinking about how Chopin would have probably thought it was totally wild that his music was being played in Brooklyn in these modern times with, you know, uh, the fire truck going down the street. And then I realized that for New Yorkers or people who live in these high density living areas, that the sounds of the city is just part of the soundscape. And in a way, it's its own instrument. The EP is going to be a visual EP as well. I reached out to a friend and colleague of mine. Um, his name is Steve DeBall, and he runs a production company. They do experiential film advertising here in Brooklyn. And uh, we had worked together a few times before on some art projects. And I had an idea. I mean, this has actually gone through different iterations. Originally, I wanted to do like a sound aware walking tour down Domino Park that could be triggered with um, location aware uh, technology. So it'd be like a guided walking tour. But then I listened to the music and did that walk. And I realized this is music that you have to just be on the couch and have a glass of wine and just <laughs> sort of be in a comatose state. Like it's not an active, you want to be out and about like, yeah, it's very introspective is what I realized. So I reached out to him and I asked him, look, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in doing a visual adaptation of this EP. What do you think? And then over the course of a few months, we ended up landing on a concept where we would take each piece and it would be directed by a, a different director and uh, the linking parts are the end of each video. The, the last scene of each video is the beginning scene for the next one. But each one is directed by different directors. So they do reflect the different phases of the pandemic. So the first one is an exploration of time. And that's done sort of through like intercuts and um, repetition of what daily life looked like before the pandemic, what it looked like at the onset of the pandemic, and then kind of more further into full quarantine mode. Um, the second one is an exploration of inside and outside dualities and panning from the apartment to the outside world and the streets and what it's like to observe the world from inside looking outside. The third piece is very interesting. And I actually, I'm going to, I'm just give me a moment. I'm going to say it wrong. I just learned about this word. Afrofuturism. So this is a aesthetic and movement <laughs> that I'm uh, still not familiar with. Um, it's a it's done by a director here uh, in Brooklyn, and it focuses on uh, dancers acting out the Black Lives Matter movement through dance. We have a great movement director. Her name is Elena Vezenteris, and she is directing all four of them. And it was shot by a guy named Jesse Sperling. And uh, the last piece is uh, the one where we are still filling the spot. So that's sort of a, a return to 
normalcy, but it's also an homage to the lives that have been lost and looking forward and what does that mean? And actually, as it as it turns out, I think I'll be directing that last one with the help of and like a collaboration of uh, Steve, Jesse, and Elena. So that's the plan. And uh, it should be out uh, actually this year. So we're going to submit to film festivals and then it should be available to the public in 2022. So that's the plan. The first piece in school, a friend of mine played, I think it was, uh, it was the White Peacock. Um, I'd have to check. He was learning a, the Charles Griffiths tune. I remember how excited he was because um, Charles Griffiths is a lesser known composer. And it's also interesting, he's an American impressionist composer. And he was a gay man. And I think something that is discussed, you know, in, in the classical world is why do we keep programming Beethoven, right? Everyone knows Beethoven. Beethoven is amazing, but there are other composers that maybe we can highlight, that we can celebrate. So I wanted to um, bring to the foreground this lesser known American composer who was gay. And I also thought it was appropriate because this is about the American experience of the pandemic, specifically Black Lives Matter. So. I knew going in that I wanted to include something. So I just, my process is I'll just sight read through tunes, pieces, not, not tunes. I, I'll, I'll sight read through pieces or compositions if you want to be very correct. <laughs> so I'll sight read through these pieces and then I, I hear something, I react to something and then I start playing with deconstructing and that's sort of like within these small parameters and guidelines and understanding interpretation, how things should sound within the the period that it's in, and then also using the training that I received, I start playing and creating improvisational pieces that then become structured after fine tuning. So really it's, maybe that's the meditative link is that for me, it's really just a process that it's very defined, but it's also defined in its um, uh, unstructured uh, capacity. So it's similar to improvising, but it's just a different, uh, totally different approach to it. It's, it's not the language of improvisation because I'm still using, I'm still reading notes, I'm using the score as my reference point. That's, that's the approach.
The second piece, I'm, I'm just a really big fan of the Ravel sonatine. I love it. I actually sourced it two EPs ago. I had a collaboration uh, EP and I just took a different part <laughs> of the sonatine. So there's actually another piece that I've already used from that. And the third one that's from Ozo Trist, from Miroir, from Ravel. And I just, uh, I just love that opening line. And I've been thinking about doing a piece from that for years. And I just, I, I, I have a bit of a, I, I definitely have the earworm issue, which I guess is a musical disorder where I just hear things over and over again. And I'm actually really influenced by electronic music. So I, I love electronic music. That's my musical spirit animal. I just love repetitive, minimalist, <laughs> very structured sort of like the AB returns back. I, I just like the structure. I like um, symmetry in music. I I'd always wanted to do that. And then that actually is my favorite piece of the EP as it turns out, because I think it just ended up turning out really well. And I think it just really delivers. I think it just hits home in a way I didn't expect it to. And it's really dark and weird. And yeah, I didn't see that coming. And then the last piece, I, I was actually hesitant about that one. I thought it was like unapologetically emotional in a way that sounded... I don't know, maybe too obvious, maybe too straightforward, maybe too like, conventional. And I think that's interesting as I'm continuing to do this, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to push boundaries, but um, that's, that's the piece that most people are responding to right now. And I think it's okay to have something that's just unapologetically kind of emotional. Like, I think especially in the new music world, we're so abstracted from tonality and traditional melodies what's wrong with a nice melody, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, it is, uh, it's, 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 it's conventional. It's straightforward. I think some people would call it cheesy and how, you know, emotionally romantic it is. And in some ways, I, I think it's honest. I'll be honest. When I was working through that piece, um, leading into the recording, there were times when I was just living in it, like really just going through the full pandemic experience. And I would just go through that piece. And I would just start crying and I felt like, well, if I'm crying playing this piece, then I guess that's, that says something it can't be horrible. So yeah. And, and that one is, um, I actually, so, um, sometimes what I'll do is I'll go through, um, pieces I just sight read and I try to actually not source from pieces that I've learned because sometimes it's nice to just have a, a level of detachment. So sometimes I'll go through art songs actually, and just go through the piano accompaniment parts and then sort of extract chords and melodies from that. That's what I did with that. It's a 4A art song. That's the first piece that was written. I think the intent there was at the beginning of this pandemic, things were so uncertain. It was just so wild, the emotions I was going through. And I think the reason why it was emotional for me to play through it is because and everyone has their way of getting through hardship in life. And I actually had a very tough, like there were personal things happening during the pandemic, which I won't share here, but it, it was, it was one of the hardest chapters. Um, and a few things happened where prior, I, I didn't think I could survive. And maybe that sounds dramatic, but it, it was extreme hardship. Writing that piece in the beginning with the intention it's going to be okay because I have to make it okay. And I have to find something to live for. And I have to find that beauty because if I don't have that, I don't know if I'll get through this. That's how scary it was. And I think that's what 
and it's, it's, you know, like on a basic level, it was like, how will I find food? How will I (laughs) have money to pay rent? Will I lose my home? You know, basic things, many Americans or people in this world take for granted, right? Um, there are many obviously know what that is to face those hardships. Um, and I'm not saying that I haven't before, but you know, it, it was very scary. So yeah, I think for me, it was the intention of there has to be some way to hold on to hope through all of this. And for me, I think that was um, the intention of that piece is that we all have to find that. So maybe that's why it's so what I call cheesy, but um, it really did come from that place. And deep down, it was, okay, I have to hold on to this.
You've been listening to Sonosphere right here on WYXR 91.7, your community radio station. We are a nonprofit radio. Without your support, we could not keep going. So please go to WYXR.org and make your donation today. You've been listening to an interview that we did with pianist Angelica Olstad. She talks about her, her EP that she just released called Transmute. Up next here on Sonosphere, you're going to hear a playlist, some tunes that Angelica said helped her get through the pandemic, some Run the Jewels, Amy Mann, uh, Radiohead, some Too Short on there as well. But we hope you enjoy and continue to enjoy your Monday afternoon. Picture this, I'm a bag of t- put me to your lips, I am sick, I will punch a baby bear in his Give me lip, I'ma send you to the yard. Get a stick, make a switch. I can end the conversation real quick. I am, I ain't lying, kick a lion in. I will fall off in your crib. Hit your mama on the booty, kick your dog. That boy dressed up like you sat on and took pictures with your kids. We the best, we will cut a frowny face in your chest, little wench. I'ma mention I'll be fresh, I'ma mitch. Get correct, I will walk into a court. Screaming, yes, I am guilty. I am death. Hey, you wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked.
all at night. Turn up, we going out tonight. I've been waiting all my life. Every time I go out, I think I found my wife. I can't help but turn down the lights. I'm gonna take some down tonight. This beat is so hot, that's what it's sounding like. Make you wanna fuck around at night.
Looking for M's like I lost a friend. Jump out of my bed like where the bread. You go hold the egg. Wait to bring the check. When we talk, we collision the car. Keep us in your thoughts. Fully dressed at the crack of dawn. Weapons heading off. I can hear them from the block. See them creeping through the fog. Season's greetings, graffiti season can start. Oh my God. Look alive. Looking like I live life on a crooked line. Doing fine. You want maximum stupid. I am the guy. First of all, f the freaking law. We is freaking raw. Stay top top. Oysters on the half shell. Sushi bar. Life of and the feet still the wall. I'm a dog, I'm a dirty dog. <laughs> oh, dirty bastard, go in your jaw. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all. Got semi in the hemi, going gimme, gimme, y'all. Pugilistic, my linguistics, RJ Ruler damage, y'all. And I rap it, pornographic, set up the camera. <laughs> I got you covered, I'm busting. My brother's a runner, he crushing, there's no discussion. I used to be Munchkin, I wasn't supposed to be nothing. Y'all corrupted, I up to something disgusting. My pockets are pumped for this season, I love the couple. I'm afraid of nothing but nothing, this ain't it something. Warm augers are dumping, a point and click at your pumpkin. You're suffering instructions, so put your kids in the oven. The king or queen and all of their lost subjects. I pull my powder and I pick so they choose in public. But we the pirates, the pride of this great republic. No matter what you order, motherfucker, we what you stuck with. I used to love Bruce, but living my vida loca. Help me understand, I'm probably more of a joke. When we usher in chaos, just know that we did it smile. Cannibals on this island, inmates run the asylum. you first. 
from the ranks of the freaks to suspect they could never love anyone.
heard a playlist by pianist angelica olstad and uh you heard the conversation earlier if you tuned in with her where she talked about her new ep transmute and her compositional approach to her work that's right and thanks for tuning in to sonosphere right here every monday from 4 to 5 p.m on your nonprofit community station wyxr 91.7 we will be back uh next Monday with our regular show, but then you can also catch us at seven for Talk in Memphis. We'll be talking with Jenny Davis of the Blue Shift Ensemble, and uh, we're really excited to speak with her. Uh, so join us next uh, Monday, the 22nd, seven to nine on Talk in Memphis. And every Monday, like I said, four to five, Sonosphere right here on WYXR. <laughs>